After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from Bayer. CMS Music with Chris Aiken, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken, and joining me today is a, a guy that has been a member of one of my absolute, absolute top three favorite bands ever, the Mighty Mighty Death Angel. They have a brand new release out, a live release called The Bastard Tracks, um, and we didn't talk to them when they had their EP over, over the last year, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But joining us today is uh, guitarist Ted Aguilar. Ted, how are you, my friend? Chris, how are you? And I, I just want to uh, circle back. Top three. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Pantera, Metallica, Death Angel. Wow, All, we're, in, we're in good company. Thank you very much. Always has been that way, man. And and believe me, when I say that, I get a lot of looks from people that are like, oh, where's Megadeth or where's Slayer? Or, and, nope. You know, I and, I and I'll tell you the truth. I, a lot of it comes from before you were in the band, but I, I was living out, out there. Okay. In, in like kind of the end run of death angel i was i was there from 89 through 92 okay so so i caught you know i caught act three and then i caught them as the organization you know a couple of times at um the omni or the stone or ruthie's or wherever they were playing at the time so i, I did as well i saw that act three tour at the warfield okay yeah amazing amazing Dude. And that's always been the thing with Death Angel. And even, even you know, since you've joined the band and the band's come back and everything, the band has always been about unrelenting energy on stage. And that has never stopped. I mean, even as you guys have gotten older and whatnot, still, it's a pummeling, powerful show, man, which is just a testament to how, how well you guys do it. Thank you, man. I, I do appreciate that. We do enjoy playing. We do enjoy the music we write and play. It's funny that how you said relentless energy on stage. You know, I just got back from the chiropractor today, and you know, I, I gotta, um, I gotta chill out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you throwing all the vertebrae out of socket? Now? Um, oh, my neck's not looking that great, so I'm just doing some work in my lower body. So I, I got, I gotta, you know, it's uh, you're getting at that age where you gotta kind of maintain. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, I, I get I, it. I still want to do. I don't want to you know nothing against him i don't want to be like tom mariah where you can't hang right. no more so but he still could play so that's a good thing yeah i mean he could still play and he still could bring it so that was yeah. you know i mean look if 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 the worst thing you do is have to be compared to tom mariah that's probably not a horrible thing <laughs> not a horrible thing man i just don't have to bang my head and but i'll you know i'll walk around and do some backup backups on the mic <laughs> yeah, perfect. yeah. Well, dude, let's talk about the bastard tracks, man. For, sure. for for people that don't know, it's a it's a live 
live collection, but it's not the standard live collection. It digs very deep into the catalog and, and it pulls out a lot of songs that I think probably the overwhelming majority of death angel fans have never heard presented live. No. Yeah. There's a few in there. There's a few in there. I mean, it was fun to tell you the story about the bastard tracks. I mean, yeah. in, um, God, 2020, we did our Christmas show, but which was virtually, we usually have a Christmas show every sure. year in San Francisco at slims, which they closed down in the beginning of 2020. So when December comes rolling around, um, we decided to do a Christmas show, but virtually. So okay. we, we held it at the Great Northern in San Francisco, another venue since Slim's, our home is closed down. And that went really, really well. And when it came January of this year, um, talking to our agents abroad and the U.S., and there was no touring in sight. I mean, we just said, what's going on? Is there any tours happening? How are we looking? And they said there's nothing on the horizon as of now because, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sure. So we decided, well, let's do another stream. The Christmas show went well. Let's do another one. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do one. But if we're going to do one, let's do something totally different. Right. I mean, different from the Christmas show. So hence the Bastard Tracks came along. And, you know, we said, let's play some songs we haven't played in a very long time that hasn't been in the set for like years. Sure. And let's touch upon songs that has never been played at all. Or songs that haven't been played since the 80s or 90s. Sure. So, I mean, I remember Rob sending out an email to everyone, pick your bastard tracks. <laughs> and, I mean, we came up with some insane tracks, but we whittled it down to what's released and what you heard. But, you know, I mean, I had I had songs, my wish list. I had, like, Devil's Metal in there. Nice. I had, like, you know, um, I wanted to do, like, Resurrection Machine from Killing Season. You know, just mm -hmm. stuff that, like, never been touched but you know i think the um the track listing that we have now is killer so we're stoked on it absolutely man now now when you guys were were doing that once you whittled the track listing down i have to imagine a lot of learning had to go back into place because oh. you guys probably didn't know <laughs> anymore now yeah especially songs like uh, guilty of innocence and why you do this off frolic right. and you know um yeah, that and uh, Alive and Screaming, which is off Humanicide. And whoo, Where They Lay. We haven't played Where They Lay since 2010, since the Relentless uh, album got re released, I believe, or 2011, somewhere around there. Yeah, a lot of learning, man. It was, it, it, it's a trip. It was a trip. But you know what? It, it was really fun because it kept us on our toes. We're not on autopilot. Like sure. normally when you go on tour, you get, you know, especially with a new album, you got to pick songs from the new album and you have to go through the back catalog and go, okay, what do we play? You know, for lack of a better term, the hits or, you know, the ones that people will know and sing. So you get used to playing those and you get on autopilot. But for this one, we're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we were like learning and rehearsing a lot just so we get, the, you know, get it in a flow where we get used to playing it like all the other tracks. Sure. Now, now be honest. Who came in and knew the most of the tracks already from the start? Oh, that's a good question. Um, me and Rob. Rob knew like the frolic stuff. Okay. And, and volcanic, you know, and right. uh, but I, I knew a lot because you know I, I don't know my memory just is good at times. But it was basically me and Rob. Very you know. cool. Yeah. yeah. 
And, and the one track that I'm sure you were thrilled to see, I'm sure, A, I'm sure it was on your list, but B, I'm sure you were thrilled when it was accepted was Alive and Screaming because that's your track. That's basically yeah. the track you wrote for Death Angel, right? My only track in the history of Death Angel. And right. people ask why. I go, you know what? I'm lazy. <laughs> Not lazy, <laughs> but, you know, it's just um, I have so many ideas written down. But for that song, I, I had it. I have been having it for a while, and I, when we were writing Humanicide, I said, hey, Rob, check this out. What do you think? And all of a sudden, I get it back with drums on it, and like, okay, nice. check it out. And, and it just snowballed, you know. It's just my only contribution, but I'm stoked. Was I stoked? Yeah, but, you know, having to really relearn my guitar solo was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> all right. But it was fun. You know, we had a, you know, it's a great tune. Sure. Now, now you know, with, with that, and I know I'm jumping off of, Bastard do whatever you want, Chris. But... Do whatever you want, bro. It's <laughs> right. your show. You have <laughs> nothing go. to apologize about. All right. Well, with with the the fact that you had such a killer track there, and as you're saying, you do have a bunch of ideas. Are you now going to look to contribute more? You know, with the next record and moving forward, because you obviously can. Yeah, um, I have ideas. Well, here's how I look at it in this band. Rob's the primary songwriter, and you can't argue. Look at his discography. You know sure. what I mean? What I do is I'll present some ideas. If it's used, it's used. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You just got to be a team player. I'm not one of those, how come you didn't use my song? I wrote some stuff. And No, sure. I just, you know, Rob, he produces and writes the music, and he knows what's going to feel right for the next opus, as you say, or the next record. So I'll contribute. If it makes it, it makes it. If it doesn't, you know, hey, there's going to be, I know there's. it's going to be a good album, the next album. Sure. Do you guys are have you guys already started throwing some ideas around or there's ideas, but right now there's nothing set. I mean, no skeletons, but there's some ideas we have to figure out when we're going to actually make the time to um, get together and put those ideas together. But, you know, right now with the landscape of the world, it's kind of hard to tell. We don't sure. want to write and record an album and all of a sudden, well, we can't release it. You got to sit on it for a bit. And it's like, oh, why do you want to sit on it? You know what I mean? Right. It's one of those. I mean, as you know, the world's pretty crazy right now. So with the landscape of things, it could definitely change. I mean, who knows? We The world could fully 100% open up next year or it may not. So, I mean, it's a good and bad thing when it comes to writing an album right now. I look at the good thing is like, okay, we have some time. Let's not rush it. Let's, mm -hmm. you know, at least write some songs and live with it for a while and, you know, just keep going. But we'll see. But there's ideas, but nothing, no skeletons yet. Okay. Yeah. And and honestly, the last thing in the world you guys want or any band wants, not just you guys, but the last thing in the world that you want is to have an album that everybody misses because yeah. you don't tour it and you don't get to you don't get to present it to fans. And now, you know, that would, especially a, ba a bands like a death angel or Testament, you know, older bands, there's not that many more coming. There's not 15 more in the pipeline, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Everybody's, I mean, the good thing is, um, blessing and a curse, I would say there's a lot of metal bands out there than there was many moons ago, mm -hmm. which is a good thing. But the bad thing is you could get lost in the shuffle. Sure. So, we want to time it right. We want to take our time writing it when it's, I mean, I want to be ahead of the game and have these song. We want to have these songs ready and go, okay, these are the songs that we want to record. Then we'll check out where the landscape is. How's it looking, you know, and time everything, but we're definitely going to take our time writing, but keep an eye out of, you know, at least know what's going on out there. Sure. 
Now, now, Ted, you know, I want to stay on this just for a second. The, sure. With the business side of it, how does the label fit into that? Are, I mean, obviously, they're going through the same thing you are. They're watching, and they know you can't just pop it out. Are they cool to just sit back and wait, or, they, or did they kind of maybe pressure you guys to do the EP to put something out, or where do they stand? Um, the, the nuclear blast is very cool. We have creative freedom. Okay, you know, which is a great thing. I mean, when you when you talk about the under pressure EP and the bastard tracks, that that was all us. Okay, you know, we don't get pressure from them, but we did talk to them. Like, we're gonna start writing a new album. What do you think? They go just as long as it's a good record, right? You get what I mean. So that kind of puts the ease on us. Like, oh, they're not down our throats. Like from what I hear from other bands with other labels, like we need something out now, 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 right. now, now. But now we don't have that pressure. So okay, let's write, but. We got to have a little pressure, but pressure is on us. Right. You know what I mean? Like, come on, man. We should get moving here instead of someone else telling us. You should get moving. <laughs> sure. Definitely. Yeah. Well, well, Ted, obviously, man, we're, we're tiptoeing around it. I'll say the word COVID. We're, you know, the... Um, it's okay. It, it's affected everybody. It's affected you guys more than most. I mean, with it's a well-known story about will getting COVID and being in yeah. the hospital and, and certainly a bunch of, a bunch of you guys, you guys, Testament Exodus, everybody got sick from, yeah. you know, right at the beginning of it. And then obviously now COVID is striking again with all of the, you, you scheduled the tour. Now it got moved and now it doesn't, you know, it's even, even talking to you, it almost feels like, yeah, those dates are scheduled, but we'll see. You know, it's it's not like you feel like, okay, I'm for sure leaving on March whatever for, for tour. Yeah. You know, is, is that accurate? Well, the only accurate thing is it's postponed till those dates. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But w with the situation we're in now, it's real. I mean, I'd like to lean towards it's happening. Okay. You know, I want to I wanna think positive about that. A lot could change from now until then, and I'm hoping with what I guess what the world is seeing now or what I'm seeing now, mm -hmm. it looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel. Excuse me. And things are slowly opening up. I mean, I just talked to our good friends in obituary and they just finished off their tour with black label. Okay. And that I heard that went really well. No one got sick because everyone did, you know, was, you know, they were cautious about everything. Sure. They followed whatever rules and hopefully, you know, by the time we get to the start of the tour, everything will be all, everything's cool. Everything's sure. cool. Let's do it. But the only thing that sucks about that is, you know, Exodus, Testament, and Death Angel, we're people people. You know, we mm -hmm. like to meet the fans. You know, we, we don't hide, you sure. know. But with this whole thing, it might make us change our minds a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's just nothing against the fans. It's just we want the tour to happen. Sure. So if that means we got to be in the bubble and just wave at you and can't sign your stuff, sorry. Hopefully we'll get to that down the road. But the most important thing is for the tour to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I interviewed um, Kevin Martin from Candlebox a month, month and a half ago, whatever. I like that band. I remember yeah, that band. They were fun. Yeah. But they're on tour. And he told me straight out, he said, he said, this is the first time in his history of being a musician, 25 years or whatever, that he felt like it was a job and not fun because, because of just what you're saying. It yeah. was go from the, go from the hotel to the ride, to the stage, to the ride, to the hotel or to the bus, to the next town. It really 
you know, you, and you have to do, and especially you guys have to do that because mm-hmm. you've been hit by it. You, yeah. you, and, and forget the money part. I know the money part is bad enough, yeah. but I, I too, like, like will, I, I spent a week in the hospital with COVID pneumonia. So I, I understand it. And yeah, when you come that close to dying, man, you are not going to take any risks anymore. Yeah. I mean, with, um, the, the getting back to the thing of a job, I get what he's saying, but technically mm-hmm. it is a job. Sure. You get, I mean, yeah. You, you, I mean, because the musicians, you, we were so used to like, let's go out and tour, let's play, let's hang out and party. I get that whole thing. It doesn't seem like a job, but it is. And it's just a little bump in the road. You either do that, adjust to what's going on, or don't tour at all. And we want right. to tour. We want to play some music. We just did our show in Oakland, California at the Fox with Testament and Exodus. That went great, packed, sold out. People were in there and you know, it's all right, but, you know, I guess each county, each state has their own rules, guidelines, sure. or whatnot. Mm-hmm. If it means, like, we show up somewhere, where are you at? By I'm the way? in Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay, Cleveland, Ohio, man. Oh, what, what's what's the venue that we played Agora. in? Not, is it Agora? Well, that's, what's the that's other one? Were, uh, or the Odeon? Or the small one. Or probably um, Peabody's? Peabody's. Yeah. Okay, okay. Just say, we, you know, Cleveland has a restriction. We'll follow the restrictions sure. just as long as we could play. If it means like the bus is parked somewhere fenced off and we just go in the venue and we have to say hi behind the fence, we'll do it. Sure. We just want to play, you know? Right. No, it makes sense. Now I, I'm I'm just curious, and you don't even have to answer this one if you want if you don't want, because it's not really you, it's Will. But how was he coming back to the stage? Was he nervous? I mean, behind behind the scenes, you got because you have to. I have to think on some level. And again, like I said, I went through it. Yeah, and going through it, I, I know where I caught it. I caught it at a comedy show, and I ain't gonna lie. I am scared to death to go to another show right now because I don't want to get that sick again. Will, you know, obviously he had it worse than me because he was, you know, inc- incubated and everything yeah. else. Was he nervous? Um. That, well, you know, that's a good question, something you might want to ask him, but knowing him since I was 15, yeah, he was a bit nervous, and, you know, he's cautious ever since he came out, but, you know, as time goes by, he, you know, you get used to, like, you know, following the uh, guidelines and whatnot, sure. we all wear masks when we have to, you got to do it, you know, do what you got to do, but yeah, he was cautious, pretty nervous, but he he's still careful, sure. you know what I mean, still careful, and I guess it's one of those, like, He's careful, but he's not living in fear at the same time. But he's very careful. He's been taking, you know, of course, he's been taking care of himself. And, sure. you know, he's been he's drumming better than ever. So, you know, not only Will, but everyone. So, sure. But, yeah, he had it pretty bad. And, you know, I, I remember when he went in, it was really scary when I found out he was in an induced coma. And he was in there for 12 days. Yes. Coma. Then when he came out, I was like, oh, God, thank God. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. So, yeah. Like I said, been there myself. I know exactly what he went through, and boy, it ain't fun. Speaking Ooh. of, what what comedian did you go see? Uh, it was a, a Comedians of the Compound, which was Anthony Cumia from Opie and Anthony Show, and Don Jameson was there, and a um, bunch of other comics um, that were lesser-known guys, uh, Aaron okay. Berg and Gino Bisconti and whatnot, a bunch of New York comics. It was a, It was like a New York comedy show. And the worst part about it, it was literally the first time since COVID I went out. You know, I'd like, literally, I don't go to, like, I'm I'm grocery guy, bring the groceries to the yeah. door guy, you know, 
everything. I stayed in for all of COVID. I went out one time, one time I go out and I get sick. And, wow. and within a week I was in the hospital with dealing with all that nonsense. And oh, was this recently? Yeah, that was um, September. Wow, man. Yeah. yeah. I spent uh, seven days in the hospital and 30, 30, 35 more laying on my bed recovering. It was not fun. You weren't in a coma, were you? No, no, no. Okay. I, I didn't get, I did not get traked or, or not traked, okay. but um, in, intubated. I didn't, I didn't get quite that far, but um, I had all the, all the bad stuff though. All the brain fog and the, oh. you know, all the, the fevers going up and down like crazy and couldn't move and couldn't breathe. And, you know, I had all of it. It's not fun, but. Oh, well, I'm glad you were here talking. So. Dude. Dude, I am the cockroach of metal. I ain't going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Positive attitude takes you a long way, my friend. Exactly, dude. Well, well, man, I did want to ask about one song on the um, EP, just just yeah. going forward, and that's Faded Remains, which was the new the track that we didn't know or we hadn't heard before. Yeah. Are there plans to A, is there a, is there a, a non-acoustic version of it? And B, will we hear it on the next record, maybe? Uh, it's meant for the EP. I mean, the, okay. the, the under pressure thing was written right at the height of the pandemic, like the summer okay. of 2020. Okay. You know, when basically, I mean, I don't know how it is in Cleveland, but here in California, it's like, go to the store and come back. Mm. You know I mean? That is it. You know, yep. it's like you were really, really locked down. So Rob was just inspired to write. He was just writing some acoustic stuff because we couldn't do nothing. So he switched it up. I mean, Rob's known to jam acoustic songs i mean he has a solo album every uh -huh. now and then like if he's not feeling writing electric he'll pick up that acoustic and write some music and out came faded remains and he sent it to mark mark wrote some lyrics and they threw it down and i it's, it's a great tune you know Absolutely. and to go with it and rob was feeling you know doing a cover of under pressure then he redid revelation song and i told him dude you should redo Room of the View. <laughs> of course. <laughs> you know, at least, you know, it, it's a cool EP. I'm glad it's out there. And just to, you know, as you know, you've been a lifelong fan. Death Angel yeah. does acoustic stuff every now and then. Absolutely. So, and we don't do it as much. So the timing uh, through unfortunate circumstances, mm -hmm. COVID, you know, that's when the acoustics came out. Sure. And, and, and ultimately... As a band, you have to stay busy because if you don't, yeah. you know, I, and I I don't know, but I'm assuming that Death Angels, like just about every other band that I know, if you don't stay busy, everybody pe branches off and gets distant from each other and somebody gets in trouble. It just always seems to happen that way, you know? It was a lot of bands, that, so we got to stay busy. Luckily for us, four out of the five guys live in the Bay Area. We're like, pff, what? Like, half hour away from each other oh, pretty much sure. or our bass player lives in mexico city but <laughs> wow. but you know we're i think we have a good head on our shoulders where we don't get into trouble but we do keep in touch during this time and we do get together and jam we try to keep the regimen of like once a week rehearsals okay at least it's like get together like a boys club you know let's sure. get together the boys hang out and instead of playing like you know foosball or whatnot pinball and what we just have instruments <laughs> we yeah. go in there and play some songs and jam on some riffs and just hang out and touch bass it's good to do that instead of being locked up for months sure definitely man 
Well, dude, obviously, man, you you personally have been in Death Angel. God, I hate twenty years. Story. Twenty years you've been yeah. in the band now, man. You're, as the new guy or, or one of the new guys, you yeah, you know, technically, one, I'm still one of the new guys. Yeah, <laughs> you, you you and Will are like still the new guys, but the new guys with two decades. Do you do you look back at it now? Well, let me let me preface this. Sure. I sure. look I look at your era, which I'll call your era from art of dying on as the better era. And that's not to say that the first, the original that I'm sure most people lean to was not awesome because it is. But from Oh, it is, dude. I have fond memories of the eighties Death Angel, you know, ultra violence, frolic sure. and accurate. I do, you know, I get what you're saying. It's just two different eras. You, you know, it's subjective really. Some people love the old era for whatever reason, maybe the songs or a time in their life sure or you know members it's i totally get it because i'm that way with some bands so sure. I, go ahead i totally get where you're coming from and and, and dude I, I am definitely an old school guy i must have played i must have worn out three different tapes and cds each of act three i played those i played that record to death and i loved it the thing that i think is better since the the rebirth or since you came in the band and they re relaunched the band is well two things one i feel like the songwriting is much more mature and two and there's no way to argue this the production is a thousand times better you know just the songs just feel so much bigger on the records how much of that do you i don't want to say take credit for but do you do you attribute to the fact that you as the new blood kind of help them focus to make the bigger sound and a more mature sound than the first run when they were kids wow that's a really good question that no one's ever asked you know i think uh i um contribute maybe like ideas and vibe not necessarily like a lot of stuff but you know i do have a i would like to say i do have a little influence and those guys influence me too sure. you know sometimes you know it could we could just you know there's times on the road where me and Rob are hanging and we could just talk music and just, have you checked out this band? You got to check them out. You know, the production's cool right. and, you know, guitar, guitar tones are awesome. You got right. what I mean? Little things like that. Sure. They uh, check it out and, oh, whoa, let me check this out. So influence like that. And, you know, I agree with you. The production is better. Technology is better. Sure. But, you know, I mean, and you would understand if you grew up in the 80s too i get the production of the 80s but when you grow up in that era it's um it's that era you were there with the production uh -huh. whereas someone from now if they were listening like someone who's like a teenager now or early 20s would listen to like frolic through the park to be all what's this you sure. know what i mean uh -huh. but you have to be in that era to really really understand it right no you know you're, I mean? you're right and and if you look at the the big boys the absolute biggest of the the thrash metal rising the records that everybody looks at as the you know the the genesis of it the you know the early slayer stuff yeah. kill them all um killing is my business you know the, those records they all kind of do have that not full fat sound it's a thinner more aggressive it the only way I can explain it, and I try to to people that don't get it, you know, same same conversation you and I. Yeah, yeah. If you listen to those records loud in your headphones, it feels the same as when you heard those bands in a small club. It and does. I, and I can remember being, in a, especially in the Omni, that did not have the best sound. 
but it was a good room like oh, to it was hang a out great room i loved that place I, I went there i used to go there when i didn't even know who the bands were i didn't care it was like it's now, saturday going now jump piggybacking on that wasn't that a good time just showing up oh. to a place to see a band you didn't even know who was playing it's just dude getting back to that the, mm-hmm. the whole production like yeah that's what when when you got this production an album either the legacy products of the park you know yeah. like it's when you're correct when you play it really loud it's like you're seeing that show mm-hmm. basically and it's it's that time where it's like everyone was young and angry they just want to record they weren't thinking about you know it's got to be really cool it's sure let's just capture this energy and get it out there so we can go out and play it's i get that but now it's more like you know everyone with better sound system headphones and you know the technology to make your song sound better you spend more time on Mm -hmm. it so i get i I totally get where you're coming from bro well and and you i mean you obviously were in the same you know we were in the same scene at the same time you know i was totally. just going to the shows but you know i was when i was out there i was stationed at fort ord so i was like what 90 minutes or so south okay and and that's why i never knew what i i knew the clubs i wanted to go to that always had good shows ruthie's omni stone you know a couple more that were at the warfield if i wanted to go to a bigger show but yeah but you know um not knowing what was coming because that was before the internet and everything as well you know good old days it was was a time where and and dude this is i'm gonna make you feel old here you'd go to the record store and you'd pick up the cassette at the concrete corner and then you would be like oh my god that band might be playing in san francisco this weekend i'm gonna go and see and then you would just kind of go and it might be death angel playing it might be galactic cowboys for the first time out of oh my god you said galactic cowboys that's i mean love love, hate you know love hate show up at a show or i mean vain all these bands that were just right on the cusp at that moment you you know were were happening and you could go see them for what three bucks five bucks whatever yeah and i think that honestly that's the biggest reason that so many metal records that are superior sounding get overlooked because in a way the business itself has priced itself out of just randomly discovering bands you agree yeah yeah i mean the internet you could discover a lot of bands there's a lot of good bands but you know it, it's kind of hard to talk about that time unless you lived it mm-hmm. you yeah. get what i mean it's it's really hard because i i did talk to like my niece and nephews about it about you know they've come seen our band play and they really enjoy it and they asked how was it back in the day it's just like you know imagine no cell phone no internet and just you know going out and f- finding friends and just finding things you know on your own it's just that that excitement i don't mm-hmm. know and it, it was just i'm put it this way I'm glad I lived it, but yep. it's never happening again. No, no way. <laughs> Dude, just you know, one of the one of the best things that I, that I could say about that era, and people always look at me cross-eyed when I say it, is I love the fact that there was no like YouTube or anything to that in that day. I mean, I'm sure you remember. You, yeah, you heard you heard all these stories about these shows. You know, everything was. Oh my God, you got to go see Metallica. They they'll rip your face off. They're the they're the heaviest fucking band ever. You got to see them. 
and there was nothing to go to YouTube where you could hear something that didn't sound amazing and go, eh, I'm not going to go to see, you know, yeah. you heard the legacy of these bands and you went. And then if the bands were really good, you were, you were a lifelong fan. Oh, totally, man. I, I totally. Mean, dude, how many bands? I, I would bet you're like me. The co Your collection or your bands that you just like, almost universally, the bands that you have loved for the last 30 years were bands that you had never even heard a record from until you saw them live. Pretty much. Pretty much. Or you read about them in a magazine. Right. Or, yeah, like uh, my like my very first Death Angel show was in July of 87. It was Death Angel, Ultra Violence release the nice. the video shoot for uh voracious souls at stone okay. right violence opening supporting wow. and that was on their demo 86 oh, you know wow. no record so i was i saw violence i was like what what is this <laughs> and an opening band from fresno called betrayal okay you know i was like i you know buy the demos and whoa you know it's just yeah i just like violence is one of the bands i discovered before they had an album out and i've been seeing them on all all the Bay Area shows and been a fan since. Same with Death Angel, Testament, sure. Exodus, Forbidden, Heathen, all of them. Yeah. You know, it's a oh, and like I said before, one thing good about the Bay Area thrash and not just Bay Area thrash, but thrash metal from that era yeah. in general, everyone had their own sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you, I mean, when you hear Miller from Creator, you know that's Miller from Creator. Sure. When you hear John Connolly from Nuclear Assault, you go, oh, that's Nuclear Assault, so yeah. on and so on, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, we're all influenced by the same thing, but we just made it our own, and you could hear it even down to the production yeah, and the songwriting. So that, I guess that's why uh, thrash metal from the 80s are pretty timeless. People still listen to it today because everyone was going after their own sound, mm -hmm. and people were, the bands were more, interested in writing songs sure you know and it was a lot less i don't want to say it was less competitive but it was a lot less cutthroat it was competitive but in the best kind of way you oh, know yeah. it was yeah. like when you guys when when there was a show everybody wanted to kick the other bit's ass but afterwards everybody was going off together to drink beer and have fun and you know yeah because the show was over where now it's like well you know you're only going to make this much money and i'm going to make this much money and you know, we've sold more records than you, and it it, it changed. It did change. I, it's one of those things. I get it and don't get it, but it is what it is. You just gotta uh, pivot and adapt to the times. Sure. But there ain't nothing wrong with you know going up there and just say we're gonna blow these guys away, even though you don't. You just have that spirit sure. of it, it making you play the best that you can. And if each band had that attitude, we're gonna blow you away. No, we're gonna blow you away. Mm -hmm. And you guys go out there and killed it then it's good for the fans. Yeah. The, the fans see a great show. We just, like I told you earlier, we played Oakland with Testament and Exodus this past Saturday. Sure. There was reviews of saying people, Death Angel was the best, Exodus was the best, no, Testament was the best. That goes to show that every band played Killed. awesome. Right. Killed. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was a bill that... Every man brought their A game and they killed it and people were happy and that's the most important thing. You know? Sure. Some nights, well, who knows? We may have stole the show or Exodus killed it or Testament. It doesn't matter. That goes to show that we're out there to give a good show to the fans. Sure. And, and I mean, I, I personally have seen Death Angel 20 times or so. You know, some, some out there and I think every time you guys have come out here, whether it was in 
Peabody's or yeah, Peabody's. Yeah. Oh my God, I remember P- Peabody's. P- I, P- I think the last time I saw you at Peabody's, it was Peep. It was you guys. Maybe Testament and Warbringer. I think Could be. 10, 10, 11, somewhere in there, 2010, 2011, somewhere in that era. You, you could be right. That's the last you know, time we played Peabody. All the other times we played the House of Blues, if yeah. I'm correct. The last time we played was the House of Blues with Overkill. Am I correct? I yep. think so, although you did also have the Slayer tour. That's at right. Nautica Stage. Yeah, then that was the first night of the tour. Yep, with this behemoth, outdoors. Behemoth, you guys. No, it was Slayer. It was Slayer, you guys. us, Anthrax, and Slayer. And Anthrax, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, I remember playing the Agora with Cavalier Conspiracy. Right. So yeah, I, I remember Cleveland really yeah. well. I mean, you guys have you guys, and and the thing that's always awesome is Death Angel always delivers, and that's that's what makes it an easy ticket, but. As much as I've been nervous about going back to shows, I ain't gonna lie to you. I had a pair of tickets to go see the Bay Area, to see the Bay the Bay Area Strikes Back tour. You know, you guys were coming to the Agora, and and I ain't gonna lie, I was kind of happy that you did postpone it because that gives me a little time to get to get to where I'm comfortable again. But gotcha. You know, but, th- that's what's been happening. I hear with a lot of tours. So tours are. I'm, I've talked to people who are on tour. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, and they're saying tours are selling out, but like. 80% of the people are showing up because come day of the show, they're sure. still scared and I don't blame them, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's a, it's, it's a time that we've never had before. I mean, exactly. it's, it's, you know, I, I mean, some of the fear is probably not justified, you know, and I get, even I my get own it. fear is not, ju- is probably not, you know, I, I just got over it as if you listen to the, the speak out there, I'm probably the least likely to get it again, you know, yeah. because I just had it as full blown as you could. And I recovered, that being said, I ate a pair of Jason Bonham tickets because I just couldn't push myself to go. You know, it's it's it, it, it's a weird mindset that we're all in. Yeah. I I'm hopeful that like like you that come come the new year, get through the winter, mm-hmm. and hopefully we're gonna really get back on track. You know, and and uh, for me, I'm hopeful that we get on track just so that. I don't have to see you guys' tour get canceled or moved or postponed yeah, for thank another you. six months. You know, for a lot of reasons. Obviously, a selfish reason as a fan. You know, yeah. I just want to see the show. But and, and we I, want to put on a show for you. Sure, so we're both selfish. <laughs> Absolutely. But but the one thing I don't think, and we talk about this on the show a lot, and I don't think fans, tr- most fans, truly understand it. If you guys go out and lose five shows, you come back at a loss. Big. Big loss. But, but because people just think, oh, well, you just postpone it. It's not a big deal. It's like, no, there's advances. And that money gets spent to buy shirts and to pay for a bus and to pay for, you know, a tour manager and, you know, food, equipment, lodging, all that stuff. Exactly. All of that stuff gets canceled. And, and, and even j- just take something small. And this is what I try to explain to people. And you can do it better than me. Let's just say T-shirts that say dates on them. The minute you cancel or reschedule five dates, the T-shirt's kind of useless to most fans. Null and void. (laughs) And those people in those cities that were canceled, they don't want to buy a shirt that says March 10th when you guys play in October. Exactly. Don't want to buy it. To them, it's not the show I was at. Yeah. And and I know T-shirts are probably the, the tiniest expense of the much bigger expenses, the room, lodging, transportation. It's, it's equally. 
it's oh, equally. Is it really? Yeah, it's okay. equally. But it, it it is hard. You know what I mean? Like, we, you know, if we're going to go on this tour, then there's a lot of planning to do. Really planning. You got to change up your plan. Like, you, you, you know, with T-shirts, you go, you can't order. We need to order for five weeks. You go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> exactly. Maybe you got to order, like, just a uh, batches at a time. But the mm-hmm. downside of that, the, the, the con of it is if you do that, you're safe. But because if you not the, the the con would be then you pay a lot of shipping costs along sure. the way you know and sure. you know shipping costs could mm-hmm. add up and during this whole covid thing shipping gets messed up because well, everyone's ordering stuff you know what i mean yeah. so or or you you try to order and be smart about the tour have it delivered to a spot because you know you don't live in montana so yeah. you know you try to have it delivered to wherever you're going to be in montana but it gets delayed a day well you're not going to you're not there a day. You're yeah. you're you're in and out of the city in what fifteen hours or something. Exactly. So there's got to be a lot of uh, brainstorming and planning, which will take up some time. But it, you know, we'll figure out. Who knows? Come yeah. April, it could be much better. Where we could go. All right, we could go out and sure. You know, find some stuff for fans or hang out with people. We don't know. But if it doesn't get to that point, we still want to tour and just sure. Like I said, be precautious. What's more important, you know. It's just little things. It, it sucks, but it's a little bump in the road if you want shows to happen. Absolutely. Well, whether you can sign autographs or not, I will definitely be at the Cleveland show. There's no question on that one. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping things will be better in Cleveland, so you don't you could come out and not worry about things, yeah, man. Exactly. Oh, I'm I'm hopeful for that too, man. But I'll tell you what I will do for now. I will just keep on jamming the bastard tracks. It is brand new from Death Angel. It is out now, and uh. Ted, where should we tell people to go to get the Bastard Tracks and keep up with Death Angel and tour dates and all that stuff? Well, to get the Bastard Tracks, you can go to Nuclear Blast website, you know, okay. nuclearblast.com or is it Nuclear Blast Records? People know. I mean, yeah. socials is so big nowadays that right. look them up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Nuclear Blast. Go to, you know, they have their website. You can go right. order the Bastard Tracks, which is a CD Blu-ray combo. Cool. And we have cassettes. You know, for people who either want to buy the cassettes for nostalgia purposes or actually play them. I don't know, but we have them. And we're going to have vinyl, which is going to be released in April because the vinyl manufacturing is just so backed up nowadays. It is just insane. And, of course, you know, we're on socials on Instagram, Death Angel Official on Instagram, Death Angel on Facebook, Death Angel on Twitter, and our website, deathangel.us. And... If you don't mind, our our next show is sure. in January twenty second, twenty twenty two, at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. Great! Look at that flyer. Rob made that flyer. Look at that old school. Wow! Look at the nice. logo. It's from the Killers One demo Look logo. Look at that. Oh, you're gonna do Killers One the whole thing? Well, that's the old school logo. <laughs> okay. So Rob actually made this flyer. He cut and pasted and put it together. <laughs> Like the nice. old school way in the eighties. Nice, dude. Just real quick on that. Um, sure. Uh, and uh, you might, you probably know this guy. You, do you know Bob Nelbandian? The he makes document. He makes documentaries. He um he did the Inside Metal series that some of the guys from Death Angel were in, and I'm in it, and a bunch from talking about the um the L.A. thrash, the thrash scene from the eighties. I might have. You probably met if you saw okay. a picture. You'd probably know Bob, but. Bob sent me, he, he just did a, uh, 
uh, inventory sale for somebody that passed away that was a big promoter in San Francisco and Los Angeles. And he sent me a box of flyers, the originals, like wow. original flyers from the eighties and, and even seventies. So some of them are, you know, I definitely have a death angel one that's going in a frame and being put up for Ruthie's in, wow. which I'm just like, wow, this is like so cool. And like a Van Halen, backyard party for three dollars and bring your own cup you know it's one of Kager those, days. Yeah, Kager one days. Of, it, it's like the coolest stuff motley crew from back in the day and you know um just just all the bands exodus metallica all and just seeing that flyer i was like oh man these things are the just the coolest thing ever another thing the kids don't get because they see a, a little square on instagram that says yeah catch us here and it looks all clean and pretty you know they don't understand yeah. the 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 grit of of that. Yeah, but that's 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 today. I mean, with yeah. you know the internet, I get it today. But there's a few things that we want to still keep from our childhood. Exactly. You know, dude, I love socials. Don't get me wrong; it's a lot. It's good to reach people all at sure. once. You know, there's mm -hmm. pros and cons to everything, sure. right? Mm -hmm. But there's a few things we want to keep from our childhood the innocence and yep. the, like you said the grittiness and whatever we just want to keep it and this was this was a perfect time to do it it's funny because this flyer here when we played right. last uh last saturday with testament and exodus right after that show me and the drummer for mordred the band mordred mm -hmm. we went out into the front where people are exiting and we were passing out flyers. Nice. Old school. Yeah. yeah old school. People go, what are you doing? Passing out flyers, man. <laughs> you know, hey, 2,400 people coming out. You might as well get some flyers, you know? Yeah, you might as well, and I, I will guarantee you two, 300 of those that you hand a flyer to will be back. Uh, you know what? It's funny because I talked to the Great American Music Hall like after the second day of sales, we, we announced the show on Monday. Okay. And I talked to him, yes, like Tuesday or something, like Tuesday night. And they go, dude, it's been on sale for like two days and you sold over like 200 tickets. Nice. So that, that's good. So, oh, yeah. And uh, tonight, me and Rob Capistani, we're heading over to see Mastodon and Opeth. Okay, cool. Very cool. And we're going to be passing out flyers too. <laughs> <laughs> like the old days, Chris. Exactly. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Well, well, Ted, one more time. The name of the album is The Bastard Tracks. Of course, it's Death Angel. And Ted, I uh, can't thank you enough for doing this here on um, CMS Music. Dude, thanks for having me, man. This was fun. I like conversations, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for checking out this episode of The Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out the Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. Hand job! <laughs>